goats out it. It's a birthday. We gon' party like it's a... Are we recording? This is Darrell Lalia, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast, episode 54. Are you ready to be the master architect of your life? Are you ready to design your business and invest the needs that create the lifestyle you've always dreamt of? Are you ready to learn from entrepreneurs and millionaires who have achieved a certain level of success? Hey, this is Derek, location-independent entrepreneur, and you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hi, I'm Gina Lofton. I am an investor, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey there, my name is Heather Havenwood, marketing coach and global entrepreneur. And you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey, this is Mark Asquith, the host of the 7 Minute Mentor podcast, global entrepreneur and all-round geek. And you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. I am MC Lobster, the cash flow ninja, and you're listening to Before the Millions podcast. You're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. But whether you're looking to invest for cash flow or build an online business that allows you to be location independent, you've come to the right place mr hollywood himself presents the before the millions podcast and now your host deray olalaye we back and if you couldn't already tell from the drop in the beginning of this episode the day this episode releases is actually my 28th birthday so happy birthday to me i'm super excited for this show guys and it's a compilation of a few different things you know two years ago Actually, two years ago in one month, I told myself that I was going to escape the rat race. I had no idea how. I had no idea if it was possible. I had no idea what direction to go in. I hadn't even read Rich Dad, Poor Dad yet. I hadn't read any books yet. Actually, I don't think I read a single book my whole adult life. And I'm not ashamed of that. I mean, these days, I've read over a hundred books in the past two years and one month. And I read books like Madman, and these books have been my mentor, but I've also had actual real life mentors, some that know me, some that have no idea I even exist, but we'll get to that. You know, so two years and one month ago, I told myself that I wanted to escape the rat race and I never wanted to work in corporate America again. I was a big four accountant auditing the financial statements of some of the largest real estate and oil and gas and healthcare companies in the world. And I simply hated where I was at. And that's a story in itself. Like, if I was to tell you guys that story, that would take a whole podcast episode. And I plan on doing that really, really soon. But um, I had this dream. I had this dream of living a location-independent lifestyle. I had this dream of traveling the world, not just for two, three weeks at a time on vacation, but traveling the world, going on sabbaticals for three months at a time, four months at a time, a quarter of the year, six months at a time even. And I told myself that I would give myself two years. You know, the average person gives themselves 10 years. And if you're really, really good, you say three to five years. But I told myself I would give myself two years to escape the rat race. And, you know, two years later, I'm speaking with you guys, talking to millionaires and entrepreneurs all over the world. And I have three location independent businesses. And it's crazy. So, yeah. It's my birthday. It's my 28th birthday. It's the two-year mark that I gave myself to escape the rat race. But actually, I haven't been employed since 2017. So although my mark was two years, I became a full-time entrepreneur in just 16 months. But that's not what this episode is about, because we are surely going to dive into my story in detail and figure out 
what's been going on the past two years and how all of this came about. But before we can actually talk about how all of this came about for me, I want to highlight something this episode. I want to highlight the people in my life that have really, really impacted where I am today. You know, it's often said you are a combination of the five people closest to you. Now, I think the closest person to me is my mom. And she's been a serial entrepreneur since before I was born. I've seen her start and sell so many businesses over my lifetime. Like it's unreal. And, you know, even my little sister, speaking of the five people in my circle, she's a 21 year old kid at Baylor College and she's studying to be an OBGYN. Like, I mean, that's just wizardry. Like she's simply a genius, but she has been watching my entrepreneurial journey. And I mean, she's picked up quite a few things along the way to the effect that this month, I think she's netted in her online businesses more than me. Like she's doing it. And this is not even like what she does full time. So my circle is strong. So as you guys know, I read tons and tons of books, but even more often I listen to tons of podcasts. Like I'm subscribed to like 20, 30 podcasts. Like it's crazy. And I try to unsubscribe to a lot every single day just because it's overwhelming sometimes. And I simply just don't have the time. So I have to really be particular about the 20 or the 25 to 30 podcasts that I'm subscribed to. So these books, I think they fall as like number three. And I put all these authors and all these books as one person because there's just simpler that way to say my closest five people are my mom, my sister and books. But then I have these other people and I get knowledge and wisdom from them through podcasts. I listen to their podcasts intently. They're amazing. And I gain so much, so much insight. And I consider that to be my fourth person. (laughs) And then I actually have mentors, real life mentors that I talk to on a weekly basis or on a monthly basis. These are the people that influence me on a day in, day out basis every single day that motivate me, that challenge me, that have me thinking I can reach new heights faster than I ever thought possible. Today's guest is actually one of my mentors. What's crazy is I come from a long lineage of mentors. And one of my mentors' name is Mark Von Muser, and he mentors another one of my mentors, the guy on the show today, Mr. Trevor McGregor. So Mark mentors me, Mark mentors Trevor, Trevor mentors me, and Trevor mentors one of my other mentors, Joe Fearless, and he's been on episode 10 of this podcast, and Joe mentors me, like I said. So I'm like the fourth generation when it comes to (laughs) mentoring and mentorship, but I work with every single one of my mentors and every single one of them brings something different to the table. And it's been a profound revolution since I've met every single one of them. I have a few other mentors that aren't in this lineage, I guess, per se. And one of them is actually somebody you're going to hear on the tip of the week. I'm not even doing the tip of the week this week. It's going to be by one of my mentors. And this mentor actually doesn't even know me. Never has probably never, or maybe he has heard of me because one of his best friends is also one of my mentors (laughs) and his name is Cliff Ravenscraft, the guy that's his best friend, but the guy that's going to be talking in the tip of the week, his name is Ray Edwards. And I haven't gotten approval from Ray yet to actually play this clip, but I believe that it is better to ask for forgiveness than permission. So I'm going to see Ray at a conference in September. And I'm going to ask him then if I can play this clip, even though I'm releasing this clip in May. So I just need you guys to not tell Ray that this episode is being released now. Just wait until September to tell him that we have an episode that he's on. But anyways, I'm honestly really sure that he's totally cool with it. And I would love for you guys to go check out his podcast. 
His podcast is top three when it comes to my favorite podcast, and it's called The Ray Edwards Show. Ray Edwards is a fascinating person, and I learned so much from him. This just goes to show you the power of a distant mentor. I tell people, if you want to learn how to do something, if you want to learn how to be something, you go and learn from somebody who's already done that before. Whether or not you're working directly with them. I mean, we live in the 21st century. It's so easy to internet stalk somebody. Not that you should do that, but it's so easy to really learn and and strategize and implement things that you see from somebody doing it from afar. You don't even have to contact them. Now, of course, if you contact them, if you work with somebody one-on-one or in a group setting, it's even better. But it doesn't take all that to have a mentor. So some of my mentors are on payroll. Some of my mentors don't even know me. And some of them mentor me simply because we have a great relationship and that's it. So anyways, this bonus episode, guys, is being released on my 28th birthday, May 25th. And I just want to highlight the mentors that have been in my life that have revolutionized the way I think about health, wealth, and relationships, the three big categories when it comes to fulfillment in our lives. So the tip of the week is by Ray Edwards, and he's going to highlight a few things in the Bible that are really going to kick things into gear for you guys when it comes to your divine right, your right to prosperity, God's grace that's upon us, so on and so forth. It's going to be a powerful message. And then right after that, guys, we're going to get into the interview with Mr. Trevor McGregor. Trevor is a real estate investor. He's a high-level coach who's coached high-performance athletes, real estate investors, entrepreneurs, doctors, lawyers, you name it. I mean, he used to be a part of the Tony Robbins group, and he has over 15,000 hours worth of coaching. It's a great episode, guys. We're going to get into success habits, and we're going to talk about the top six reasons why you may not yet be successful and what you can do to turn the tide, to start living out your dreams now, to overcome procrastination, limiting beliefs, and the barriers that you've put and the shackles that you've put on yourself to not achieve the goals that you want to achieve. This has to be one of my favorite episodes, guys, not just because of the interview with Trevor, but also the tip of the week. And even this intro here, just talking to you guys, letting you guys into my world and letting you guys really hear from the people that influence me on a daily basis. So with that being said, let's get to the tip of the week. DeRay's tip of the week. There's a remarkable verse in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. I'll read it to you now. This same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now, if you read that carefully, it's pretty remarkable what Paul is saying. Paul's the one writing to the church at Philippi. And he says that God takes care of me, Paul, and he'll also take care of all your needs From his glorious riches, God's glorious riches. So how rich is God? He owns everything. So he's the richest of all. And he says those glorious riches have been given to us in Christ Jesus. We have access to the riches of God, his glorious riches. That's astonishing. You know, when Jesus was on the cross, he cried out, it is finished. And at that moment, the wall that separated us from God crumbled. The curtain that kept us out of God's presence was torn away. And God opened up a flood of his grace and poured it out on us. And grace is unmerited favor. It's not just forgiveness. It's not just getting a clean slate. It's getting more than a clean slate. It's like getting a clean slate and getting the castle and all the treasure too on top of it. Much more than you deserve. Much more than you can earn, but it's yours freely. And that grace just flowed like a river. It's still flowing today. 
supplying us with whatever we need in this life, loading us up with the benefits of being part of God's kingdom. And if you want to know what the benefits are, just go read the benefits package in Psalm 103. The essence of God's grace is supply. And when you're conscious of the fact that he's supplying, that he's taking care of your needs, instead of the demands of the world, you're under his grace. What I mean is, when you are aware that God is supplying everything you need, instead of being aware of the demands that the world places on you and the stress and the anxiety it causes, then you're experiencing the flow of his grace. You're not stemming the tide of his grace with your fear and anxiety. That's when you'll see his abundant provision for every need and every situation. I like to think of it like this. God's grace is an avalanche of abundance. So maybe you're having trouble meeting your monthly bills. Maybe you're having trouble finding a job. Look beyond just the money that you need or the job that you lack and look beyond just trusting God to take care of those things and see him as stirring up all the giftings and the abilities and the talents that he's already placed inside of you. The greatness, the seeds of greatness that he planted in you when you were a baby, before you were born even. And as you become aware of these gifts and you see God stirring them up, the word of God says that your gifts will unlock doors of opportunities in the right season and will cause you to stand in front of great men. It actually says it'll cause you to stand in front of kings. So don't believe that you'll be someone who gets a job because God took care of barely what you needed. Believe that God is also preparing you and growing you and developing you for a position of influence and authority because that's what he made you for. He made you to stand before kings and have influence in the world. And that's all not because of your prideful boasting or how hard you work. It's because of his grace. It's because his grace supplies more than what you need. This is why in my declarations every day I say, God's wealth flows to me in avalanches of abundance. All my needs, desires, and goals are met instantaneously with infinite intelligence because God knows exactly what I need, when I need it, and when I'm ready to receive it. So let his grace flow and just become more and more aware of how it's flowing in your life, of how you're being covered up in an avalanche of abundance. And now your feature presentation. I'm super excited for today's show. I know I say that for every single show, but I mean it this time. Actually, I always mean it, but I really mean it. (laughs) Today we have on the show, Mr. Trevor McGregor. Hey, Trevor, how's it going? Uh, It's going great, Dre. How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing, Trevor. And for those of you guys who don't know who Trevor is, just a really, really, really quick background on Trevor. Trevor is a master platinum coach. Trevor has completed over 15,000 hours of coaching. Now, just to give you guys a quick background and let you guys know how well I know Trevor. Now, Trevor is actually one of my mentors, one of my coaches, and he's actually one of my mentors coaches, Joe Fearless, and you guys know him. He's been on episode 10 of this podcast, and Trevor is amazing. I mean, he's been included in in the Fortune 500 executives. He's a high-level real estate investor. He works with entrepreneurs and world-class athletes and professionals. I mean, he's done it all. And before launching his own coaching practice, Trevor was a master coach for the Tony Robbins group. So you guys know that Trevor is the real deal. So Trevor, let's kind of get into your story. Let's take it back in the time machine. Talk to us about the inception of Trevor McGregor. I love it. Thank you for having me on. And it's really a unique story. I mean, I grew up in Canada. I'm Canadian. I currently live in Vancouver, British Columbia. And just like any other kid, you know, typical upbringing, you know, hardworking mother, uh, have an older brother and sister. And all I ever wanted to do was be happy and thought being happy would be, you know, getting a job, settling down and, and doing something I enjoyed. And 
in addition to that, I always thought that I might be a professional athlete. I mean, a lot of Canadian <laughs> boys want to be a hockey player when they grow up, but you know, at five foot 10 and I didn't quite, you know, meet the height restrictions or the weight restrictions. So that kind of died and it left me to wonder, geez, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? What am I going to do when I grow up? And I just knew it was going to be doing something with people. It brings me to, to think about, you know, there's so many young people out there who have those aspirational goals and dreams. And, you know, once we, we become of age, we kind of start watering down our dreams and goals. And, you know, we start kind of think about what's quote unquote practical. So what was practical for you? What was next? How did you kind of, how did your entrepreneur journey kind of unfold? Well, again, I, I watched my mom and my dad who were pretty conservative. They were, you know, get a good job, get good grades, get in line, pay attention. Yet I had other relatives, grandparents, uncles and aunts who were really entrepreneurial. And I watched them run businesses. And like my grandmother had a general store, you know, some of her sisters. So my great aunts, you know, owned hotels and rented out rooms and some had single family homes. And I'd always watch them collecting this cash because, again, I was a young boy and I'd watch them collect this money from tenants. And back then, it wasn't a lot of money in a small town, but nonetheless, I was always fascinated why, you know, some people waited till the end of the month to get paid and some people got paid on the first of the month and were much happier. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense, Trevor. Well, I started to think what kind of business I wanted to get into. And I thought, well, because I was one of those guys that really didn't know. So I thought that after high school, I better go get some education. And, you know, I enrolled in college and studied business because I thought that would give me a good overview of opportunities because I thought I might end up in banking, just like my father. And ultimately, after it was done university, I really didn't know, you know, what I was meant to do. And I was working part time through high school and through college. I really ended up working for a hospitality company that owned a bunch of restaurants and some real estate. And I just started to do operations for them. I started to work in, in the restaurant, started to support them and whatever they needed. And, and then they found that my skill set was quite good. My people skills were quite good. And you know what happens as a young 20-year-old. You start to get asked to do more. You start to get you know, asked to take on other tasks. And they dangle that carrot in front of you, throw you a little bit more money. And the next thing you know, DeRay, I literally went from being there you know, in my late teens and through college and university and I ended up staying with that same company for over 25 years, working for somebody else, you know, making them rich. And I worked in all areas of a business, anywhere from operations, marketing, finance, HR, site selection, procurement. But what I did love about it is it was always dealing with people. And I loved dealing with people. I mean, I used to have this understanding of you know, why I thought people thought and behaved a certain way, but it wasn't in really until I started to study personal growth while I was working for this company that that gave me some keen insights as to what made people happy, what made people successful, and the opposite, what made people miserable, and what kept them, you know, kind of running on the hamster wheel for their life. So with that fascination, you know, that started me down the road of, of really looking at who are some of the people that really, really would be fun to model so that I could go further faster? And that's what I found out about coaching. We're going to put a pin in, in that subject matter of what makes people successful. We're going to come back to that. But, you know, you talk about coaching, you talk about looking for a model. And I, and I know that your progression naturally led you to the Anthony Robbins group. But was that the first thing that you did after this? Or was there, was there some type of intermediary source that you kind of got that coaching or got that mentoring from? Or was it straight, you know, straight to Tony Robbins? Yeah, it wasn't a straight line. In fact, as I worked in corporate, 
went through my 20s, got married, had a small family, had two kids at the time. The owners of this group, they were really nice people. They thought that there would be a really unique opportunity for us to expand. And so in basically my 29th year of life, I invested a very large sum of money that I borrowed off my parents. That's another story, but I'll get into it in a minute, into the expansion of the business. And literally, you know, I had a little bit of money in my 401k. It's a little bit different here in Canada. It's called RSPs. But I took some money out of there. I borrowed some money from family and friends. And I actually convinced my own parents to take out a six-figure mortgage on their personal home so that I could inject it into this massive expansion into the business. And, you know, I did that. My parents believed in me. And things went well for the first year and then the next year. And then literally, you know, in about 2001, around the time 9-11 happened, we were in this big expansion. And literally, people were shocked by what was going on in the world. And we had this, all this expansion happening, and we were going way too fast and we had to pull back and we had to scale back and it became a real big problem because people weren't out there spending the way they were prior to that and I ended up having a real tough challenge and ended up losing almost all of the money that I put into that expansion. So there I was in my early 30s, you know, in thinking I was going to be rich and retire early and the upside shit show happened where I literally lost all of the money that I borrowed from my parents. And there I was, you know, wondering how am I ever going to pay them back? So it was a real low time in my life. And I went into this mini depression because, you know, when you're six figures in debt and you're wondering how the heck you're going to pay back your parents, let alone tell them you lost it all, it's a pretty troubling place to be. Can you imagine that? Oh, yeah. Most definitely, Trevor. You bet. So what does anybody do when they're down and out, when they hit rock bottom? Well, there's only one way to go, and that's up. And so I started reading a lot of books. I started going to some events and some meetups. At one of these little meetups that I found a, who eventually became my mentor, and he said, Trevor, there's a new way of thinking and behaving that could literally help you make some money and pay back all of the failed you know, loans that you've got, and that's through investing in real estate. And I remember him saying that. And I thought he was crazy because I said, but I don't have any money to invest in real estate. And he says, well, you don't need your money. You can use other people's money. And so that intrigued me. And I started to read, you know, the rich dad, poor dad, started to read a lot of real estate books, go to some real estate weekend seminars. And I soon linked up that there was a way to start investing in real estate. So I scraped together what little money I could from the other friends I hadn't borrowed off of. And I got some loans and all of those other things. And literally... I invested in my very first real estate property and it was a little house. And that was a brilliant experience for me. So I literally pulled the equity out of that, refinanced it and bought a condo. And then it was absolutely another fortunate buy. And my coach said, you know, would you be willing to pull the equity out of that and buy something that has a little bit more cash flow? Because he was telling me about a duplex that was for sale. And so I did that. I bought my very first duplex and then the neighbor beside that duplex wanted to sell his. And so I bought that one. And then ultimately, that's when I started to really make some money, took all four of those properties as appreciation was happening, refinanced those, bought my first fourplex, went on and bought another fourplex. And literally, within two and a half years, DeRay, I made so much money that I was able to pay back all of my failed loans, including my parents. And I had a nice little tidy sum left over. Yes. 
Trevor, I love it. I love it. I love it. So, you know, one thing that comes to mind is the subject of fear. Now, you and you and your endeavors have, have led you to six-figure debt. I mean, you borrowed from your parents. And that and alone is something that I think that many people would stop at that point. Like, they would be like, hey, like, I want to pursue this business venture. I don't have the money. And if I were to use somebody else's money, if I were to use my parents' money, I mean, that could quite literally bode very, very bad. And that actually happened for you. But I mean, the fear obstacle of even even going after such a goal, I mean, you were able to overcome that. And then yet again, after you succeeded for a little bit, and then you, you maybe met some failure, but after that, you still went out against all fear. You still went out and went to raise more money, but this time for real estate. And I think it's very important to touch on that and highlight, you know, the fear that you were facing and how and why you were able to overcome that. Was, was it confidence? Was it just analyzing the deal and knowing that, you know, this, this is a sure thing? How were you able to overcome that fear time and time again? Oh, that's a great question. And I'll tell you, there was a ton of fear. I mean, I had just come off of losing everything and that was a huge sum of money. But you know, as I think about it, it really was that I believed in my coach. I really believed in my mentor. I really believed in my teacher. And, you know, he, I remember him saying as if it was yesterday, he said, Trevor, you're still relatively young. And then he gave me one thing that I'll never forget. And it was a quote that he read me from Think and Grow Rich, where he said that there is no failure. There's only feedback. And I'm telling you, that hit me like a ton of bricks. And I thought, you know what? He's right. What if I were to dust myself off? Get up you know, and stand out there and try something new, possibly work for me. And because he had been successful in real estate, I really believed in what he said to do. And it was really simple fundamentals. Buy great pieces of property, add tremendous value to them, find great tenants in them, and then rinse and repeat. And so looking back at it, it was like a recipe for me. It was a formula. It was a blueprint that allowed me to go out there and do it time and time again. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense, Trevor. And it's funny because, you know, you talk about this quote, you know, there is no failure. There's only feedback. And what we should do is keep course correcting until we get to our desired outcome. Trevor, I personally come from, it seems like a long lineage of coaches and mentors. I mean, my mentor has been mentored by you and you have been mentored by Mark Von Muster, which is also a mentor of mine. I mean, uh, this is four generations now of mentees and mentors and now I'm mentoring others. When it comes to fear, when it comes to the things that are in your way, when it comes to obstacles, when you have somebody who's been there before, when you have somebody who's been able to navigate that trail already, it makes it that much more easier. Although the fear is still gonna be there, although you still have to do the work, but it gets so much easier. You, you have somebody in your corner showing you exactly what to circumvent and what you need to plow through. You know, sometimes the obstacle is the way. So let's maybe progress down your path a little bit further, Trevor, and let's talk about the next maybe phase of your life. And is this the Anthony Robbins group now or where are we headed next, Trevor? Oh, that segues into it perfectly because there I was, you know, achieving a little bit more success than I had in the business venture. And people started to take notice and they saw that I was happier and I was less stressed. And I remember being at my son's baseball game one day because I coached Little League. And I remember I was the assistant coach and the main coach, his name was Colin. He looked at me, he said, Trevor, what's with you? You're so happy and you're, you're better with the kids. What's going on? And I said, well, you know, I finally cleared off all of that debt that was weighing me down. And, and he was fascinated by it. And he was a really good friend and a really great guy. And he said, well, what are you doing? I said, well, I've been investing in real estate. 
And he said, wow, real estate. He goes, I'd always wanted to invest in real estate, but I don't even know where to begin. And I said, well, it's really, really cool and it's really unique. And I said, if you buy me a drink, I'll show you and your wife what I've been doing. And if you want to do it on your own, you know, all the power to you. So literally that weekend we got together and he bought a six pack of beer. And I remember going over to their house and literally for three hours, pouring out every single thing that I did in order to buy my first property. And then my second property, I talked about being a landlord and getting it appraised and buying for, you know, appreciation and cash flow and all those fundamentals. And believe it or not, they got so inspired to Ray that they went out and then in the next month, they bought their very first revenue property. Yes. And they were absolutely over the moon. They started to rave about it. And then again, at a baseball practice, you know, one of the other parents said, hey, Colin, what's going on? And Colin says, well, Trevor showed us how to buy our first property. And that was absolutely awesome. And then that guy said, well, Trevor, can you show me how to do it? And so next thing you know, I think that's when the coaching bug bit, DeRay, and I ended up going over and teaching these people how to buy property. And I thought, man, not only am I helping others, but I feel fulfilled doing it. And I remember signing up for my own Tony Robbins coach at the time, and we were talking about jobs, careers, finances, health, fulfillment, all of that. And he said, Trevor, you're so passionate about real estate. You're so passionate about business. Tony's actually looking to hire business coaches and real estate coaches. Have you ever thought of coaching part-time? And I said, well, I'd love to, but man, I don't know if I'm cut out for that stuff. I've got no certifications. I've got no credentials to it. And he says, you know what? But I'm telling you where there's passion and where there's hunger, that's the type of person Tony Robbins wants on his team. And so, DeRay, I literally filled out an application. And when I filled it out with the Anthony Robbins group, there were over 250 applicants for the coaching positions. And they were giving about 10 positions out. And what was really cool is I made the first cut. It went from 250 down to 100. And then I started to interview with them. And then I went from 100 and I made the top 50. And then I started to really do some more, you know, telecommunication interviews and it was at that time that they invited me to the live coach training, which didn't mean that you'd become a Tony Robbins coach, but it did mean that if they liked what they'd see, you'd go into an 18-month process where you literally had to read all the books, listen to all the audios, go to all of the events, and then apply to be a high-performance, peak-performance coach. And so I literally did that for 18 months I remember the live final versions, like being on a you know, reality TV show where they literally line you up and you do live coaching in front of their senior team. And I'm telling you, when the dust settled, I graduated as the number one male coach in the class. Wow. 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 That is amazing. And, you know, it's funny. We share an appreciated interest in assisting others, realizing their true power and, and hidden potential and helping them achieve success, wealth, freedom and, and contribution. And it's one of those things to where for the fulfillment that you get from that, I mean, let's, let's not even talk about the, the, the monetary value, the things that you're able to do for yourself, but just that fulfillment that you get from that. I mean, you went through some rigorous training to be able to fulfill other people in their lives and talk about some of the impact that you've had on some people in their lives while you were a part of this program. Oh, it was incredible. I mean, first of all, anything that Tony Robbins does is world-class. The man's been on this planet for 50 some years, you know, teaching hundreds of millions of people in hundreds of different countries. What makes people successful? And 
what absolutely allows you to go out there and live your purpose, you know, and be fulfilled. And so as I started to coach people in the Tony Robbins organization and some of the clients that Tony brought me, it was fascinating to see that there are really not that many differences, whether coaching somebody in the United States or Canada, whether they were from Europe or Asia or even Australia or New Zealand, there's only a handful of reasons why people get stuck. And it usually stems from their state or their story or their strategy. So I literally got to see into the eyes of all these people, all these business owners, whether they were in real estate or whether they owned franchises or whether they were entrepreneurs. And I also got to coach people in Fortune 500 companies. I got to teach executives at Microsoft and American Express and Dell and Oracle and JP Morgan and Wells Fargo and Blackstone. And those people typically have the same problems as other people in terms of their career, their finances, their relationships, their health, or their overall fulfillment. And so I literally, you know, did thousands and thousands of calls back to back to back and did what Tony calls total immersion coaching where I literally got my black belt in coaching in a short amount of time by helping people go from where they were to where they truly wanted to be. That was getting them unstuck, getting them to link up that there's a new way of thinking and behaving that would allow them to go out there and really crush it both personally and professionally. And when I started to apply some of what I was teaching in my own life, you know, with my wife, my children, my body, my finances, and even my real estate portfolio, it skyrocketed as well. And there I was absolutely just feeling alive, vibrant, and happy to do this work. And I decided to make it my core work for the rest of my life. And that's new. And I've done over 15,000 coaching calls with people all over this beautiful blue planet. It's what I get up and I love to do every single day. And I'm also an insatiable appetite for reading and going to events and continuing my journey. And it's just something that I'll never, ever, ever, you know, forget that it was my coach back when I was down and out and I didn't even know how I was going to make it through that literally changed the trajectory of my life and literally all of these other lives in that moment. And that's something I'm super proud of. How did you know it was time and when did you decide to leave the group and pursue your own entrepreneurial endeavors? Well, that's a great question. And I was with Anthony Robbins and the entire Tony Robbins group for half a decade. And it was amazing because as I went up through the ranks there and you go from an elite coach to a master coach to a master platinum coach, I would get the big assignments. I'd get the millionaires and the people that were really, really, really in need of a high level, high performance coach. And in addition to that, there were other people who some of Tony's coaches couldn't handle that they would then default give to me. It was almost like they'd give me the problem children, the guys that were the toughest to coach. You know, these real drivers, they were literally, you know, at a place where they needed support. And so I'd take these people on and I had a tremendous ability to move them from where they were to where they wanted to be. And it just kept getting to the place where people were asking to have me coach them by name, you know, and by that point, there's only so many, you know, clients you can take on in a portfolio. And I thought, wow, you know, as I grew and as my income grew and as people started to reach out to me outside of Tony Robbins, I just knew that there was a time to, you know, say thank you to Tony for every single part of that journey. But, you know, every bird has to leave the nest at some point and fly on their own. And so I absolutely decided it was a scary thing to do, but I decided to step out on my own and open up Trevor McGregor International. 
that's my parent company. And I have a company called Trevor McGregor Investors Edge Coaching, which allows people to get the competitive advantage in real estate and in life. Telling you there's no shortage of clients. I've got people from all over the planet. You know, I'm almost at capacity even in my one-to-one coaching and I love it. I love that so much. And, you know, when I first got started down my entrepreneurial path, I was against coaching. And I think many of the listeners, many people out there who are looking to be entrepreneurs, who are looking to be real estate investors, I mean, we have the, there's this stigma when it comes to coaching. There's this stigma when it comes to self-help. There's this stigma when it comes to, you know, all things in betterment, but through another individual. And I had this idea like, why would I go and sign up to have somebody tell me what they think? You know, I could just research, I could read books, I could listen to podcasts and that'll be enough. But I quickly, quickly realized the power behind coaching and the power behind having somebody in your corner who's been exactly where you are trying to go. And that's something that you, I mean, you've been doing for almost all of your life now. Again, there are successful people that don't have coaches. But when you talk about a successful person, people that have been through your program, people that maybe you look up to, when you talk about a successful person, what makes them successful? Why are they so successful as opposed to other people who are not, you know, who are trying, who are, who are, who are working every day, who are grinding it out, but they just can't reach that plateau. What makes a successful person actually successful? Oh, it's one of my favorite questions. That's my sweet spot because again, they think at higher levels of elevation, they think higher levels of consciousness and they realize that they don't know it all. And they don't profess to think that they know it all and they know that they can go further faster with somebody co-creating what's best for them. And that's where coaches come in. I mean, think about my own journey. I didn't know what I didn't know until a coach said, well, have you thought of this? Or have you looked over here? Or have you thought of maybe taking it on from this angle? And so the same thing applies today because the world is sped up so fast and you even have to look at references. I mean, Bill Gates has now said that it's going to be as common for high producers to have a coach as it is for anybody to have a dentist or a an auto mechanic, or even a hairstylist. I mean, coaching is where it's at. I mean, another reference is Harvard has now launched their very own coaching program where they're literally teaching coaching and you can get coaching certified out of Harvard so that you can go out there and support businesses. Because as I see it, there are six main problems that people really have. And I don't care if you're in business or if you're in real estate. I don't care if you're a franchise owner, or if you're a solopreneur. These six things that I'll share with you and your listeners are really at the epicenter of what coaches can do to help people. Would you like me to go over those now, Durek? Let's do it. All right. Well, we kick it off with number one, the big one, and that is limiting beliefs. I mean, if you think you can't, you can't. And if you think you can, you will, and you'll find a way. But I'm telling you, it's fascinating to see even how high achievers still have, you know, limiting beliefs or obstacles or roadblocks that prevent them from going out there and doing what they set out to do. Does that make sense? Trevor, that makes perfect sense. And it's one of those things to where your expectations, they follow or your actions follow your expectations. So I totally agree with that. You bet. And then that leads to number two, because we can help you with your limiting beliefs. But really, what do you do from there? Well, I find that a lot of people, it's a lack of a strategic plan. I mean, if you don't have a roadmap or a recipe or a blueprint, you know, that starts with the destination in mind, how the heck are you ever going to get there? So what I help people do is clear their limiting beliefs. That's number one. And then number two, we create a strategic plan that's going to get you from where you are to where you want to be. Does that resonate with you? 
but Trevor, I don't have any money. I don't have any experience. There's nobody in my family that has ever done this before. I mean, how can you tell me that I can do something that I've never done before that I have no experience in? That makes no sense to me, Trevor. Explain that to me. You bet. Again, that's my <laughs> sweet spot because it's never a matter of resources. It's a matter of resourcefulness. And you just got to look for clues, you know, where other people have done the unthinkable. Let's take a look at the Wright brothers. You know, two bicycle mechanics that wanted to put a flying machine in the air. How crazy is that? But where there's a will, there's a way, and they found a way to do it. Or how about Thomas Edison lighting up a light bulb? Same thing. Or how about Walter Disney? I mean, talk about crazy. The guy wanted to open a theme park for kids. You know, and he got turned down by hundreds and hundreds of banks and hundreds and hundreds of investors until he finally got somebody to say yes. So ultimately, where there's a dream or where the universe places a desire on your heart, that desire is what you're meant to go out there and fulfill. So we've got to get rid of the limiting beliefs and we need a plan to make it happen. Does that make sense? Can we throw Elon Musk in that bucket as well? <laughs> let's throw in Elon. Let's throw in Richard Branson. Let's throw in Tim Ferriss. Let's throw in anybody, you know, but Elon's a perfect example. You talk about PayPal, you talk about Tesla, you talk about Solar City, and you talk about SpaceX. That's a tall order, isn't it? That very much is. So Trevor, what's number three? You bet. Well, I'll tell you, number three is a lack of consistent and persistent action towards the goal. Because here's the truth, DeRay, you can get rid of limiting beliefs and you can create a fancy plan. But if you're not out there working the plan every day, you're fooling yourself. You know, let's take real estate, for example. You've got to go out there and drive neighborhoods. You've got to make offers. You've got to talk to landlords, property managers. You've got to talk to brokers, appraisers, general contractors. You've got to send some yellow letters, post some signage, go to some meetup groups. Listen to great podcasts like yours. I mean, you got to be in it to win it. Take action regularly. So Trevor, you're telling me that you can't just, just break past your limiting beliefs and think abundance and then abundance is not just going to come to you. You actually have to do some work behind it. Yeah, it's called the law <laughs> of cause and effect, Ray. <laughs> and here's the funny thing. And I laugh every time I hear that because people just say, well, let me focus on what I want and the universe will deliver it to me. Well, I'll tell you, I've never had a bag of $50,000, you know, fall through the ceiling into my lap. But when I do focus on earning $50,000 and I set my sights on it and I set my intention and I've got this vibration and the frequency on it, that frequency does go out to the universe. The universe picks up on it and then it gives me what's called the opportunity to then be at cause to make the 50,000. It'll bring me a real estate deal. It will bring me a bunch of coaching clients. It will give me the way to the $50,000, but it just doesn't fall from the sky. You got to take action. Does that make sense? Yeah, Trevor, I think that's super important to highlight because, I mean, you hear about these stories or you hear about these naysayers when it comes to things like the secret. And I'm not, I don't know if I'm a big fan of the secret and things like that, but you hear about naysayers when it comes to meditation, when it comes to affirmations. And they're just like, There's, it's not possible to manifest your dream if you're, if you're meditating, if you're doing these things. And I think it quite literally is, again, going back to what your expectations are. If you expect to be successful and if, if you know that this is your God-given, this is your mission, this is what is supposed to happen, you're going to be in alignment when it comes to that. You're going to notice opportunity rather than thinking that 
you're not of the abundance mindset, thinking that, you know, thinking these limiting beliefs, when opportunity comes, you'll never know that it's knocking because you're not aware, you're not in tune. So I love that. So, you know, we need to make sure that we overcome our limiting beliefs. We need to have a strategy and then we need to actually go out there and do the work. What's next? What's number four? You betcha. Like how you said that. Number four, DeRay, is what I call a lack of systems and operations. Because again, you can go out there and work things one time, have one conversation, you know, hire a VA, you know, but if you don't have systems and operations that are going to rinse and repeat it, you're also fooling yourself. We know that to be successful, you've got to have absolute tried and true systems. And I help people create the systems that are going to work over the long term, not just in the short term. Does that resonate with you? That makes perfect sense. So it sounds like this is where we, we kind of get into scaling and perhaps a little bit of automation as well. I mean, you need a system, you need a structure to be able to move your business forward. Is that correct? That's spot on, my man. You got it. Okay. So let's move on to the next step. You bet. So number five out of the six is what I call poor time management. And I'll tell you, it's fascinating because I can tell whether an investor or somebody's going to be successful by where they put their time. And in fact, when it comes to time management, I'm at the point where I don't even like to call it time management. And here's why. Time's going to come and time's going to go. So instead of managing time, I call it event management because that allows you to manage the events that you give your time or your energy, your attention to. So it sounds like when it comes to time management or event management, you need to actually be particular about what you're spending your time on. You need to be possibly spending your time on things that are going to be moving your business forward. Is that correct? That's it. I mean, we talk about high impact, high income. And again, not all activities are created equal. If you're sitting there in your house and you're writing a Facebook post about real estate, that's a lot different using that time to do that versus going out there and, you know, talking to a landlord about possibly selling his building. So again, both are important. But I'll tell you, most people take the path of least resistance and wonder why they're not getting, you know, deals or wondering why they haven't put anything in the portfolio because they're doing lesser quality tasks. We call that busy work instead of doing the urgent and important work. Does that make sense? Gary Keller came out with a book called The One Thing. And, you know, my question to you, Trevor, is how do we distinguish between that one thing that's going to move our business forward and something that we're just doing because we think it's important, but it's not really important? Well, I think you've got a great question there. And I love that book, The One Thing by Gary Keller. And what he's referring to is focus. What he's referring to is not multitasking to a place where you're not getting anything done and you're wide, but you're going deep and you're absolutely focused on one thing at a time. And we know that, you know what, there are things that are low income tasks and there are things that are high income tasks. I'll give you an example. Something that's a, a task that's still important might be, I don't know, setting up a domain so that people can find you and you can get credibility in real estate. But a high income activity would be going to meet with a group of investors or going to a meetup or going to interview three different landlords who might want to sell their building. So, Again, if you're focused on, you know, setting up the website, do the very best job you can and get it done, but then get your butt out there and start talking with people. Because as I always say, you know, you're not even in the real estate business, you're in the relationship business. Does that make sense? I love it. I love it. So Trevor, hit us with the last one. What is the last step? 
You got it. Because again, once we cure your limiting beliefs and we get you to, to build that plan, we get you to work the plan, we get you to build systems, optimize and maximize your time. The only thing that's left is accountability and course correction. They go together and here's what that means. If you don't have a coach or a teacher or a mentor or a trainer, an accountability partner, holding your feet to the fire deray, you know that the path of least resistance kicks in and you find yourself not doing what you said you were going to do. So what I do is I help people by being their accountability partner, by being their coach, their teacher, their mentor, their trainer, so that they absolutely do what they said they're going to do. And we also use that time to measure is what they're doing working or is what they're doing not working. And if that happens, we absolutely course correct right then and there rather than, you know, taking two or three months to figure it out. So when it comes to number six, accountability and course correction is where it's at. Listeners, we're going to have every single step in the show notes of this episode. So if you want to go back and review those, you can. Now, Trevor, let's end this segment with this. Take us to, and I mean, you've already mentioned a very, very pivotal entrepreneurial moment for you uh, when you borrowed money from your parents and it kind of backfired. But, you know, later on in your career, as you become more successful, People may think that, you know, once you hit success, you're going to stay there. So let's maybe go to your worst entrepreneurial moment to date as a coach. Take us to that moment. And what did you learn from that situation? Are you talking about my own personal experience or something that I learned while coaching somebody else? Your own personal experience. Yeah. Well, again, that's riding out, you know, a kind of a shakedown in the economy. I mean, when banks start calling loans and tenants start getting nervous and you know, it looks like the whole city is going to implode. What do people do? Well, they usually start what's called the freak out. And I remember freaking out at a time where, man, I was like, you know, buying property left, right and center. And then I needed a little bit of working capital to take care of some stuff. And the bank said, well, Mr. McGregor, guess what? Given the current economy and given the state of, you know, where things are at, I'm sorry that we can't extend you any more lines of credit. And there I was, I needed money and I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And I thought, my God, what if this all implodes? What if I sing off all of these golden geese that were laying the golden eggs? And I literally had a bit of a freak out at the time. And so what does a guy do when he's freaking out? Again, you go back to a coach, a teacher, a mentor, or a trainer. And that's when I learned that, you know what, there were people called outside lenders who would lend you some money, probably at higher rates and maybe with some points. But I literally went out there, found a private investor. He charged me three points and 14% interest. But I got the loan I needed to do the work I needed to do, wrote out the storm, did a refi a little bit of, you know, it was probably 18 months after that, paid off that loan and went back to sailing. But so I guess the moral of the story is life doesn't happen in a straight line. You know, and if you're in business estate, there's always going to be some speed bumps. It could be internal, it could be external, it could be the economy, it could be a, a hurricane or a storm or a wildfire. So again, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger and you've got to build that you know, internal fortitude that allows you to see things as they are, but not worse than they are and just remember that this too shall pass. Does that make sense? I love it. I love it. So Trevor, let's end the segment with this. This show is all about lifestyle design through real estate. And I think you've built up the perfect lifestyle design. So let's maybe walk through a typical day of yours and what you do and how you spend time with your family and how you juggle your coaching and how you kind of live the ultimate life that you live in your eyes to kind of be fulfilled every single day. You bet. And I appreciate the question. I'm blessed and grateful to be my own boss 
and to literally set up my schedule to win. So number one, I start every day at 4.30 in the morning and I get up and I meditate, you know, and I really start conditioning my mind with what I want it to be and do and have for the rest of the day. From there, I go out and we're blessed to live right on the Pacific Ocean. I go out and do a walk on the ocean before, you know, average people are even thinking of getting out of bed. And then by the first hour of my day, every day, seven days a week, unless I'm, you know, doing something else, I've conditioned my mind and my body to win. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. You bet. From there, I literally go down into my coaching office. I got a beautiful view overlooking the ocean. And I start, you know, looking at some things that I want to do for that day. I don't dive right into my emails. I literally look at what are my outcomes for the day. What are the high impact, high income opportunities? Is it something in coaching? Is it something in consulting? Is it something as a keynote speaker? Is it with my real estate portfolio? Or is it with our, my wife and I, we run a high-end canvas art business where we put motivational quotes on canvas to be hung in offices and homes around the world. Oh, wow. So I literally check in with the five different streams of income that I've got. And I really, you know, start taking a look at what are some of the things that I need to do to win the game in all of those areas. And from that point, I put them into my, you know, day planner. And then I start to dive into my email, start to take on my coaching calls, my consulting calls, all of that stuff. And then I wrap up my day and go spend time with the family. So that's part one. Part two is I work with my own coaches to continually up-level myself. And I don't just have one. I've got two coaches. Plus, I have an accountability partner in Seattle that kicks my butt daily. On top of that, I play high-level sports. So I work hard and play hard. I love hockey. I love to ski. I love to play golf. And my wife and I are also committed to international travel four times a year. So literally in the last year, we've been to Hong Kong. We've been to Italy. You know, we've been to California. And we spent six weeks in Australia this year. And we can just work from anywhere we want because we run coaching, consulting, and online businesses. So we are set up through real estate and through what we're currently doing to literally have an amazing lifestyle. You know, we're off to London next month. We're off to Costa Rica in July. I've got a keynote speaking gig in California in, in August. And then we're actually spending our very first Christmas back in Australia with the entire family this fall. Lifestyle Design Acceleration Hacks. What is your favorite Before the Millions book? Oh, without question, my man, it is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. That has been my Bible. I've read it at least 30 times. I've listened to the audio in my SUV at least 100 times. Even my children, I've got three boys, Matthew, Mitchell, and Maxwell. And some of them have heard it so many times in dad's vehicle that they can even recite parts of it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. What is your favorite lifestyle design app? This can be a business app or tool. Oh, I like Headspace. I mean, it's a certain meditation app that doesn't matter whether you believe in meditation or not. It's a simple 10 minute app that really conditions the mind and the neural networks to fire at higher levels throughout the day. And I'm telling you, if you get your brain optimized and maximized, how much more productive could you be? How much more clear could you think? How much more deals could you do? How much more money could you make? So any type of app that helps you, you know, with your neural networks and meditations or affirmations or incantations are worth their weight in gold. I love it. And this is the third time I've heard about Headspace. So, you know, everything that's good comes in three. So I'm going to have to check that out myself. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. 
What do you enjoy most about the way your lifestyle is currently designed? Well, again, I am absolutely stoked and blessed and grateful to travel and to literally do this work from anywhere on the planet, you know? And whether I'm going to look at real estate in another continent or another country, or I'm going to meet up with one of my clients. I mean, when you do 15,000 coaching calls, you know, around the globe, I've got clients in every corner of the earth. And so whenever my wife and I travel, oftentimes it's great to get together with those folks, meet them in person, take a look at some of the things they're doing in their real estate portfolio or meet their wife and their kids or their husband and their kids or whatever. And that's just one of the great, great things. And, and you know, I think that we share mentors and Joe Fairless and, you know, just great groups of people. And whether it's, you know, hanging out with Mark or flying off to Joe Fairless's wedding last year, it's amazing to see what life is like when you hang around with a like-minded group. So that's why I love this niche. I love coaching. I love real estate. I love this. And you know what? It's the fabric that makes up a beautiful life. What were the sacrifices that you knew you had to make before the millions to get to where you are today? Oh, I love that question. And that is sometimes to literally learn that, you know, what you're, you've got planned out for yourself sometimes isn't the way the universe, you know, is going to deliver it to you. I mean, when I invested all that money into our company expansion, I truly, you know, was a young man with an ego. And I literally thought, watch this. I'm going to be so successful and so great, probably retire by the time I'm 40. Well, I'll tell you, within the next two and a half years, I was upside down and I wasn't sure why the universe was doing it or why God was doing this. And I was really puzzled, but I soon learned that, you know what? God's delays are not God's denials, that sometimes we've got to go through the storm to really get to where we're meant to be. And so I feel that, you know, my upbringing, you know, my parents, my grandparents, my aunts, my uncles, my time in corporate, my time with Anthony Robbins and coaching and all of this stuff, has all been designed on purpose and with purpose to make me the man I am today. Who was essential to your growth before the millions and why? Oh my gosh, I've got several of them. Obviously that very first coach who believed in me, he was a, a man that was very, very, very successful and very, very, very giving. I find that the more successful people are, the more they wanna share their gifts or their knowledge and, and give it back or pay it forward. So I owe you a huge, you know, huge huge thanks to that man obviously to some of the people that allowed me to you know escape some interest payments while i was scraping the money back together to to repay some loans obviously my parents i mean i don't know if anyone can imagine what it's like even telling your dad or your mom that you've lost not only a portion of the money but all of the money you know when they've taken out a second mortgage on the family home that you grew up in i mean that's not fun so obviously they're a huge part of, you know, believing in me and they're absolutely proud of me for, you know, who I've become through the process and what we've been able to do and you literally give some money to charity and travel the world and, and help people out. I mean, they're very proud. And then obviously Tony Robbins. I mean, the man's an inspiration to millions. He's an inspiration to me. And honestly, I don't know if I'd be where I am if it wasn't for my coach, my parents, and Anthony Robbins, along with guys like Mark Von Muser, an amazing coach and mentor in his own right, but also my clients. I mean, I learn as much from them as they learn from me. So I get to literally get on the phone all day, every day, and have conversations like this that allow people to soar, and I love it.
I love it too. And that's exactly how I feel. When I talk to my clients every day, it brings me so much energy and so much fulfillment and I learn so much. And Trevor, you're really gonna like the last question here. Why do you think so many of us are stuck before the millions, even though we have every intention on getting to the millions? Yeah, that's the million dollar question. <laughs> and it really is, you know, the old adage of self-worth, self-wealth and self-belief. I mean, society does a great job of beating us down. If you watch the news or you look at the economy or you look at jobs or you look at what's wrong, it's all available. And if that's what you're focused on, that's what you're going to feel and you're going to start to go, well, who am I to be successful? Who am I to own an apartment? Who am I to travel the world? Who am I to be an entrepreneur? And you literally settle and you go work in a cubicle and you handcuff yourself to it for 30, 40, 50 years. Well, that's not living. Living again is going within and finding out what you're hungry for and finding that inner passion and combining the two to go out there and play full out knowing that you know what you might find it or you might have some obstacles on the way to getting it but i'm telling you as long as you commit to it and you go out there and you play full out you will find it i guarantee it well there you have it ladies and gentlemen mr trevor mcgregor himself this has been an amazing podcast interview i cannot say enough about it i have to go back and listen to this interview at least three or four times like no kidding so trevor if the listeners want to learn a little bit more about you if they want to kind of get to know you where can they find some of that information well absolutely and before i give that i want to thank you and give you a huge shout out i mean it's the work that you do in your podcasts and all of these things that allow people to be inspired, to hear other people doing it, and then to say, well, if they can do it, why can't I? So huge props to you and all of the guests that have been on your amazing podcast. And to answer your question, I'm real easy to find. There's two ways to get me. You can either go to trevormcgregor.com or to make it even simpler, you can go to coachwithtrevor.com. That's coachwithtrevor.com. You know, and if you want to fill out your name and your details and, you know, we'll jump on a one-to-one -one discovery call so that I can help you go further faster, I'd make that available to your listeners. Thank you so much, Trevor. And I do appreciate the thanks and the gratitude, Trevor. This, again, this has been phenomenal. I love what we've talked about. I love that we're able to add so much value to the listeners. And I mean, we, we're going to have to bring you back on the show pretty soon. So with that being said, Trevor, have a wonderful day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, DeRay. You have a wonderful day as well. And thanks for having me on. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a good fit to work with the Before the Millions team, here's what I want you to do next. Head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash call. That's beforethemillions.com slash call and book an appointment to speak with our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about 45 minutes and we'll get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, what is your cash flow goal? How much are you looking to make every month? Number two, your personalized investing strategy. And number three, the best way to get started using cash flowing rental real estate. Remember, starting and scaling your real estate investments and business doesn't happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. We've helped clients all over the world start and scale their investing efforts to six figures and beyond while enjoying life and making the world a better place. To find out if we can help you do the same, head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash call. I'm Dorel Lallier, and let's talk soon.